This episode of Blast Burn Radio has been brought to you by Zachary, Patrick, Chocoboco, and other listeners just like you. If you'd like to support Blast Burn Radio, you can do so over at patreon.com slash challenge accepted media. You can pledge your support and start earning exclusive rewards today. Thank you. They said, look, you're a bomb, and I'm going to bring you to be a bomb. Do you understand? And she was like, I love you. You you could do no wrong to me. I love naive Pokemon. It's great. Did you get more wood? Oh, yeah. I had a strategy of just feeding my Marowak all the drugs. That's not medical advice. I, I'm not liable. <laughs> Podcasts aren't real. <laughs> you are now listening to Blast Burn Radio. everyone, and welcome to another episode of Blast Burn Radio. I'm your host, Stephen Charbonneau, and with me today are our back-to-school friends, our Why Is It Still So Fucking Hot If It's Basically Fall co-hosts, Celeste Dreyer and Anna Maservier. Thank you for joining me today, guys. How's it going? It has been... I I love how pre-production works, because, like, we're recording this and it's been like a month. Since we've sat down to record, but to everybody else, nothing has happened. <laughs> That's not entirely true. We we did take a break between this episode and the last one, but even so, like, yeah, like, what y'all don't realize is I wrote that intro when it was, like, late June, and the thought process was, oh, by the time this episode releases, back-to-school stuff's gonna be out, but we had to postpone this recording, like, four fucking times, and now the back-to-school stuff is actually out as we're recording it. Uh, so I have failed at time management, but this is where we live now. It's also still very hot. It is indeed extremely fucking hot. The The planet is quite literally on fire. It is a goddamn problem, but we can't do anything about that because we are tiny, so instead we play Pokemon and make dick jokes. Yeah, <laughs> And also play lots of Pokemon Unite. I've been doing that a lot for the last few days. Yeah, in in real time, Pokemon Unite just came out. And and I have actually not played it because I have been sucked headfirst into other video game pursuits that you guys have probably already heard about by the time you're hearing this episode. But but yeah, I, I have been, I have had my heart and soul devoured by a game that is not Pokemon. Uh, I am sorry I have betrayed you all. <laughs> I've been doing both. And Anna got to see my MOBA rage today. Oh, yeah. It was it was good. It wasn't as bad as you think. I feel bad about it still. I I know myself. I know that MOBAs will do nothing good to me. I'm content to watch and be like, wow, that looks neat. <laughs> wow. That sure looks neat. I'm, I'm happy that Crustle and Machamp are unironically good. That brings me joy. I love that Cramorant's good. Our, our Crustle was not good. <laughs> no, our Crustle was definitely not good. But... Cramorant's alt is amazing because you just start shooting tons and tons of fish at people. I saw on Twitter today actually that one of the like biggest esports orgs in the in the world. I forget which one, but it was one with like 25 million followers on Twitter, like a big one, right? Signed a professional uh crustal jungler. <laughs> 
So that is that is the timeline that we are living in. Oh, great. Well, that'll be fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> but this 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 is the week of the the triple threat, the Pokémon showdown. It is. It is indeed. Uh, so this week, our hosts had their moment of triumph interrupted by a sweaty billionaire with a mass shooter manifesto. And we went off to go <laughs> kick his ass. Uh, we went to Cafe Lysander, demanded to see their manager and kicked his shit in in the process. We were the best and worst Karens simultaneously, only to find out that our proverbial princess was in another fucking castle. We hustled to Geosinge Town where we once again mopped the floor with our ginger antagonist and made our way to the region's legendary Pokemon being used as a Duracell battery. We set it free after also kicking its shit in, only to come face to face with our ultimate challenge on the week and arguably of this series. Lysander maddened by failure at our hands and determined that if he's going down with the ship, we are going down with him. Now, I am sweating profusely from the aforementioned heat, so I'm looking to take a bit of a break. Uh, Annabeth, let's start with you. How was your week in Nuzlocke this week? I've all right. So for reals, Lysander is a really threatening boss fight in in this series. It's probably one of the most threatening ones. But despite that, I felt like this was one of the most underwhelming weeks of this series because instead of going on a grand adventure. We basically went to two places, fought the same guy three times, and then we're just like, wait, was that a dude in your prison? <laughs> wait, you have a prison in here? <laughs> but but for real, it it was it was fine. We we ran to Lysander's cafe, which is conveniently red, so it's easy to find. I say that, but I'm reasonably certain if I go back and watch my videos, I had to pay a cab to take me there because I got real lost. So that that's amusing. The wait staff was very. I'll just say they're not getting a tip, which they don't do in France anyways. So I guess it doesn't matter. But yeah, that's bullshit. I've been tipping the photo guy all goddamn week. I, I don't. I don't tip the photo guy. He stalks me from place to place, and it's creepy. I just don't take pictures with him anymore. Once he showed up at the second place, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> conveniently for every picture he takes and sends to you there's one of your feet that just stays in his phone yep exactly but yeah we went down into into base one which has the the trademark like spinny floor the trademark spinny floor those full those floor tiles that got team rocket and osha violation absolutely yeah absolutely like i think it's a great callback but also those things are infuriating (laughs) there's also like little teleporters around but there was only ever really one wrong teleporter that i found so it was mostly a moot point and they could have done without it some of the admin fights in here are threatening and other ones are just not at all but we just scooted from place to place literally scooted from place to place on spinny spinny tiles fighting people and and bashing in admins with relative ease Uh, there were a few scares i think the the biggest downside of this beginning portion of this week is that Sargasso got so much experience that I couldn't really bring him to the second half of this week, which was not great. In fact, after we had mopped this entire area up and then found out that, oh no, that nondescript town that we had nothing to do with before, let's go back there. I had to go get Gold Duck <laughs> to go take on uh, all the 
the fire types and poison types that Team Flare has a tendency to run around with. And, I mean, Joy hasn't seen use out of the bank in, like, a long, a long, long while. We had to level up Joy to, to take with us. And when we went to the second, the second part of this wild, wild ride and had to, to fight everybody, fight Lysander specifically three times, we were lucky in that we found out that two of his Pokemon have steel type moves. Like in our first encounter with him, which is really good to know because that's real spooky for some members of our team. Again, chase the man into the basement in one of the bases to find that he's just got the big man prisoner just sitting in a cell. The entire storyline with the big guy is so weird. It's such an afterthought to so much of this game. It's it's so frustrating, right? Because... You go through here, and th- there was a couple of points in this week's gameplay where I felt this way, and I'll certainly get there. But this is one of those moments where, like, you go down the steps and you see the big man there. And in my head, I had forgotten a lot of the fine details of this narrative. So I'm trying, I'm trying to be like, oh, that actually makes sense. That's really cool. So the reason that Lysander knows about the, the ultimate weapon and how to use it is because he captured the king who built it. And no, Lysander doesn't even believe him. He's just like, this is some crazy guy who thinks he's the ancient king. He had the key to the ultimate weapon though. Isn't that weird? And it's like, oh, so you're just a dumb shit. And also you imprisoned this strange tall man when all you had to do was take his key and kick him the fuck out. So yeah, he's not. <laughs> going to stop you he's clearly suffering from clinical depression you don't (laughs) you do not need to imprison the man just take his key and go but like they they looked at the thing that would have made it make sense and went nah fuck that (laughs) i mean the guy looks like he's straight out of persona games too for some reason uh he's i can't get over how long this man is (laughs) we didn't the tldr on this week because there's a lot to cover and Lysander was not super much of a threat to me in his first two iterations. There were some moments where I was like, oh, it's good to know that he has this or that. I was worried about the final confrontation. The, the Mega Gyarados is, is a problem. And there was a moment when I put a Honchkrow to sleep and switched in my, um, my Garchomp and Swords danced up and it woke up and I was like, do I really want to stay in on this nonsense? Like, after I kill this thing, probably not. I had to decide, after killing the Honchkrow, if I wanted to stay in on the Gyarados. And I decided that I didn't want to. I was very, very concerned about the the D-Dance possibility. And so I risked switching into my Fairy-type, even though I knew there was Steel-type moves floating around, to get the Intimidate off and then to Thunder Wave and potentially charm the thing so that it was just neutered. And it turns out I didn't need it because I switched into fame and the thing outraged to which fame is immune. Which is like, oh shit, I'm really glad I didn't stay out on Garchomp. That would have been really bad. And I was like, I'll just play rough and just end this real quick. Not realizing in full that in the moment that because outrage technically missed and didn't do anything, he wasn't locked into it. I probably would have played a lot more conservatively in that moment if I had realized that, and I didn't. It didn't end up costing me much of anything, uh, because fame, fame is, is bulky and wonderful, and play rough hit and absolutely demolished the thing. But it was real spooky for a moment when I went, oh no, it got a turn? <laughs> this could be very bad. 
But all in all, Lysander wasn't too, too hard. But what is up with his glasses and Dr. Octopus arms, though? I mean, again, like all of all of Team Flayer to this point has had like weird tech stuff, at least all the important members, all the scientists. They just had visors, though. Yeah, well, I mean, so does Lysander. It's just his is fancier because he's Pokemon. But he has a backpack with little bee bugs coming out of it for reasons. Their cameras to catch him in the best possible light. It's fine. Let's talk about how when Lysander loses, he takes off his glasses and throws them on the ground like that Lonely <laughs> Island song. <laughs> it is absolutely wild. This dude is the sorest sport in the history, the history of Pokemon. Giovanni, you kicked the shit out of him and he was just like, I see you. Good job. I'm out of here. This dude is like, fuck. <laughs> throws his shit on the ground he's like I'm going home i mean it, it it fits with his character to be honest it it really does and it shouldn't have oh my oh my god i'll get there i'll get there but it they they did this man so fucking dirty in this entire <laughs> sequence i could just see him at the end being like god going home live with my mom <laughs> but yeah no no deaths on the week Thank, thank goodness, after uh, a couple weeks of not-so-good flying friends dying, no deaths, Lysander down, the world is saved. Also, Yeltsal wasn't a problem because they got a chance at y'all. The egg was just like, you're a legendary, but I'm an egg. And then it was over. I killed it, and then it was like, no, but really, though. And I was like, okay, get in the ma- Master Ball. <laughs> 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 Needed that, them good, good points, and the egg came through. It's so weird to me that this thing is just like hooked up to to all the machines in this big old egg. It was egg v egg. Egg v egg action. Giant battery. Again, this week felt super underwhelming. There wasn't sprawling vistas. There was basically two underground bases, a shoddy cafe, and three boss fights of the same dude, two of which nothing really changed all that much. Uh, the third fight did change, but still didn't amount to much, if that makes any sense. Yeah, for sure. It's it's one of those things, right, where we've we've been pretty clear, I think pretty across the board, that the best part of Pokemon X and Y is the Kalos region. And, and this is the week where we explored virtually none of it. We got some cool payoffs, some of which were really good, and some of them could have been good and just chose not to be, I guess. But but yeah, that's kind of the whole the whole deal, I think. Oh, and my egg this week was a Spinda. Thank you, Penguin. I'm so glad I sent my very excellent Golduck into the abyss to get a spinny bunny. Welcome welcome to Team Spinda. We're happy to have you. Celeste, join Team Spinda this week. I'm doing the next one. All right. Well, I, I'm going to go ahead and go next because I, I clearly cannot keep my goddamn opinions to myself. So it's time <laughs> to let those let those bad boys out. So, of course, we left off uh, last week after beating Olympia in the Psychic Type Gym. And as soon as we step out, we get the, the hollow caster call from Lysander yet again, who's called us several times on this device without us giving him our number, which is frankly creepy and a violation of our privacy, but is now just like, I've decided that the world sucks and I'm good, actually, and I'm going to kill everyone. Bye. And we're like, not on my watch, you son of a bitch. So we take off after him, and of course, the logical place to start is the building that's named after him. It's all red and orange. It has Team Flare people all around it, where we already met him to give us a creepy speech once before. So we head straight to Cafe Lysander. We beat the shit out of the baristas. We make our way down to Lysander Labs below. And and this is, I think, overall, again, there's a lot of places in this entire sequence where I'm like, oh, this is cool. This makes a cool degree of sense. And then the game immediately just goes, no, fuck you. No, it doesn't. Which is cool and good and a cool thing for a video game to do to me personally, I think. 
But we make our way into Lysander Labs. We fight Lysander the first time. And Lysander the first time is not a huge deal. Most of his Pokemon are unevolved. He has a, a Mind Fu and a Murkrow, uh, which is is no big D, bro. I, if I remember correctly, we statused the Mind Fu, brought out Sashimi the Gyarados, Dragon danced up, and just swept his team. It was It was fine. We brought the same team this whole week. We didn't switch anybody out. We, of course, brought our two shinies. We brought Ravioli, our now fully of our Garchomp, and Gelato, our Odno. We brought Sashimi, our Gyarados, of course. We also brought uh, Cheese, our Rotom, who we we decided to digivolve into a Rotom Wash for this week's content. We felt like the water electric typing was was really, really good here overall. We we brought Omelette, our, our Mega Heracross, of course. Omelette's just too damn strong for his own good. Uh, and then last but certainly not least, we we brought Donut, our Nitto Queen, uh, out of the bank, um, specifically as our big fuck you answer for Xerneas, who is kind of a capital P problem. So we wanted a bulky poison type to deal with Xerneas, and uh, our answer was, was 100% of the time Donut. And Donut was actually our answer through a lot of this place. Uh, again, Team Flare has a lot of fire, a lot of poison, and a lot of dark types. And two of those three types are weak to Nidoqueen. So Donut was in a pretty good place to help us take care of business throughout this entire place. But we make our way through the Team Flare Labs, and the Team Flare Labs, or the, the Lysander Labs dungeon, has you fight all of the Team Flare scientists, like, like back-to-back in a gauntlet almost. You have to make your way through, navigate the puzzles, fight a scientist, or fight two scientists in a double battle, or, or what have you. And this would be a really cool sequence if any of the scientists were memorable even a little bit. But they're not. They're they're terrible boss fights that, that do not stand out at all other than their strange... St- techno fashion sense and it's really just a slog frankly but you make your way through um you fight your way to the end and here you you meet first first i guess i should say you you meet the long man and again you have that moment or i had that moment at least where i was like oh this is really cool lysander found this guy and he got this information this is how he found out that the the ultimate weapon is a real thing and not just a legend this is how he found out how to activate it blah 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 and it's like no lysander's like no stupid i did all the research i figured that out on my own i think this guy's just old and crazy but he happened to have the piece that i need and you're like you just actively made this make less sense why did you like they could have left they could have left the ancient king a legend. They didn't have to put the long man in the video game literally at all. If Lysander researched it and figured it out, he could have found the fucking key. AZ does not need to exist. All he does is make the narrative more confusing. But he does, and Lysander just found him and took the key to the ultimate weapon from him and went, but clearly you have nothing to do with that. That would be crazy. And went about his day. You also, I forget if it's at this point or if it's when you arrive in the next location, so forgive me if I'm going a little bit out of order, but he gives this big tear-filled speech about how, so we need to talk for just a moment about Thanos, okay? We need to, it's important. Okay. So, if you are familiar with the MCU, in, in, in the two most recent Avengers movie, in Endgame and then in Age of Ultron, or not Age of Ultron, that's the wrong direction, uh, Endgame and Infinity War. Thanos is the big bad. And Thanos' whole thing is that he believes in order and balance. And there are not enough resources in the world. It is unfair. It is cruel. People starve. And so his answer to that is to achieve ultimate power and to yeet half of the people in existence into oblivion so that there is plenty of resources for everyone left. Which you might be thinking, that's a stupid plan. If you have ultimate power, why don't you just 
double the resources in the universe so that there's plenty for everyone. And you're correct. It's objectively a dumb plan. It's not even his plan in the comic books. In the comic books, Thanos is horny for the god of death. And he's like, hey, if I kill half of fucking everybody, clearly she's going to let me hit it. And like, at least that makes more cognitive sense than the shit that they put in the movies. <laughs> now, this is relevant because that's literally what Lysander's plan is. <laughs> <laughs> Lysander is bad Thanos. He's worse Thanos, where he's just like, there's not enough resources. People are ugly. We have to kill all the people who didn't give me millions of dollars so that there's plenty of resources for everybody else. And you're like, but Lysander, what about the Pokemon? And he's like, that's the saddest thing of all. Every Pokemon is going to die. Everyone, everyone, every Pokemon. And and this is, to me, the most baffling part of Lysander's plan, because, like, he sheds a tear over. He's like, every Pokemon has to die for my vision to come true. And it's like, your whole thing is beauty. You see Pokemon as objectively beautiful, and you're going to commit perfect genocide. You are going to implement the final solution on Pokemon so that the rich kids can have everything. Listen, rich kids need skateboards. They need skateboards and good times. This is why he is objectively the Pokemon equivalent of Elon Musk. Because if you do not reach a certain income level, you're not a person to him. And Pokemon don't have capitalism. It's bad. It's bad. It is. It, it infuriates me that they correctly predicted the worst of two Marvel storylines years before it happened. It is so frustrating. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If Lysander had admins half as good as Thanos' admins, he would have been way more successful. <laughs> There's a part where the admin like gives away something and the grunts are like, what the hell? Team Flare is just bad. Team Flare is bad, y'all. But y you finally meet the head scientist, Zerostic. And, and Lysander is just like, I will make this fair for you. There are... Two buttons. If you defeat Zerostic, you you push one. One of them will fire the ultimate weapon, and the other one will, or the one will power up the ultimate weapon. The other one will deactivate it permanently. And so you beat Zerostic's fucking face in, right? And you look at the two buttons, and one of them is orange, and the other one's blue. So you're like, well, I'm not clicking the fucking orange one in the fucking Team Flare base. So I'm going to go click the blue one. And Zerostic is like, Meh, you guessed right, but fuck you, and hits a button on a remote control and activates the weapon anyway. And initially, I was like, oh, this is a really cool narrative moment because Lysander already left. He doesn't know that you picked wrong. And I was like, oh, so they're really making him an in-like figure here where he has deep convictions and he's giving you the opportunity to prove him wrong because he believes that he is fated to do this. And then you go to Geosinge Town where this weapon has sprouted and it's knocked over all the empty houses that we couldn't enter before. So surprise, this is why Geosinge was full of empty houses that didn't exist. And also an enormous empty space in the middle is because this is where this giant crystal flower weapon comes out of. And you enter the lab and you find Lysander and he's just like, you won, but sucks to suck. And he fights you again. So they didn't even do the cool thing where they could have been like, oh, Lysander really believes this. It's his underlings that like, no, Lysander's just like, oh, we cheated. <laughs> sucks for you. And it's it's so frustrating. It's so bad. Also, why did we even hit a button? Like, <laughs> yes. all, all three of us have Garchomps. You can't tell me that Garchomp can't literally pick this man up and just be like, nope, you ain't doing shit. We're not hitting any buttons today. And we're just going to leave. But instead, we're like, I'll play your game. Hit the blue one. 
like again they could have made that a meaningful story moment and instead they they made it a decision where it's like why did this even happen which is incredibly frustrating but then you make your way down an enormous spiral staircase where you have to stop and fight a team flare admin every five steps it's not quite as bad as the elevator in sword and shield that just keeps stopping to let bad guys on but it's close and eventually you find yourself running with with first serena or caleb and then also shauna and shauna gets her bright and shining moment of the whole series and it's using her game shark you guys it's not even her moment she's borrowed that thing because <laughs> yeah it's not even hers but you you fucking you reach the end and there's an electronic lock on the door and and shauna's just like what's an electronic lock but a fancy puzzle and she gets her fucking puzzle cheat code that fucking clement built for her and she puts it on the door and it works and then it breaks i hate these characters so much <laughs> just shauna just shauna's so bad she's the worst she's the dirt fucking worst i went into this game i love this game i hate the characters but you make you make your way in and and at this point or, or maybe a little bit before here you fight lysander for the second time i forget I, again it all kind of runs together and i apologize for that because the second lysander battle was actually really important for me because i had been leading with gelato the Odino. Because Gelato needed to soak EXP because the EXP spread for this chapter was actually a little tight. And I was like, okay, well, of all the things, I really don't need Gelato for the final Lysander battle. So I need Gelato getting EXP now so other things can later. So I was leading Gelato when Lysander sent out his now fully evolved Mineshow. And guys... We fought a lot of Mineshow in this series. We fought a lot of Mineshow this week. They're not an uncommon Pokemon for Flair to have overall. And every single, every single goddamn NPC Mineshow follows the same attack pattern. They fake out and then they high jump kick. Every time. Every time. So I looked at this objectively and I said, okay, here's the deal. I don't believe that this Mineshow can one-shot Gelato. With a high jump kick. I, I don't believe that it can. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stay in. I'm going to Dazzling Gleam on the off chance that that the Mineshow does not go for a fake out this turn. But I fully believe that it's going to. And then next turn I am going to protect and let it crash. And then, oh, I actually got the team that I brought wrong somewhere. I apologize, guys. I don't know exactly where I got it wrong or what I didn't bring that I thought I did. But I, I definitely brought... Um, pumpkin spice because my plan from there was to go into pumpkin spice our 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 gorgeist um to make it miss high jump kick again and kill itself and then i would have my willow wisping gorgeist out when when either the haunch crow or the, the gyarados came out and i could burn it and then use it for setup fodder so that was that was the strategy that was the plan I wasn't looking up movesets, even though I'm pretty sure our rule set technically allows us to look up an evil team leader's moveset. I did not feel like this game in general has been difficult enough for us to take advantage of that. I felt like it was going to be more fun and more interesting if I just played it straight. I'm pretty sure we don't look up any movesets, but... Again, it's been long enough since we set that rule. I was pretty sure we made an exception for evil team boss and elite four. But again, I didn't do it. So neither here nor there. I was confident that this thing was going to fake out, and that even if it didn't, I would live a high jump kick. It did not fake out. Turns out, this Mineshout is not no fake out. It only has three fucking moves. Cool. Cool and good, Game Freak. Thank you for giving the most challenging boss in your game incomplete movesets. You love to see it. Uh, instead, it went straight 
for the high jump kick. It did not kill. I was correct. A high jump kick alone did not kill Gelato. Gelato was too bulky. Um, we hit it with a dazzling gleam. We did a, a big fuck ton of damage. And I was like, well, Gelato's in here. We'll just go ahead and go for the protect. Let it crash and kill itself. In hindsight, that was actually a mistake. At this point, I should have hard swapped out to Gorgeist, let it still kill itself with high jump kick, and I still would have been exactly in the position I wanted to be in. But I was high on that, oh god, I just lived a high jump kick, and I wasn't quite thinking as clearly as I should have. So we do protect. Mind Chow does go for a second high jump kick, and it does crash into the wall and kill itself. So Gelato, like a fucking G, took out a Mind Chow. It was rad as hell. But then the Gyarados comes out. Not Mega Gyarados. This is the second of the three fights, not the third, but it's a Gyarados. And I have to look at this objectively and say, okay, well, my Gyarados has liquid, has, uh, not liquidation. Liquidation is not a Gen 6 move. Aqua Tail. Aqua Tail by level up. That's its water stab. Aqua Tail's only, I believe, an 80% accurate move. And Gyarados gets Dragon Dance by level up. My Gyarados has Dragon Dance right now. So I cannot guarantee that Lysander is not going to sit here and click Dragon Dance. Even if it goes for, for Aqua Tail, it has a 20% chance to miss. I feel like my best play is to stay in and click Thunderbolt. If it goes to set up, we kill it. If it misses, we kill it. If it attacks and it hits, then unfortunately our dear sweet gelato is going to go down, but we get a free switch in and we can, we can deal with this thing. So we stayed in, clicked Thunderbolt, it went for Aquatail, so I made the right call there, but unfortunately it did hit and it took our sweet gelato down. But goddamn, of all the ways for our pig to go, he went out like a goddamn G. He took out a mind shell, our normal bad pig. I am incredibly proud of gelato. And if we had made that call right, if it had set up, it couldn't have. It doesn't know Dragon Dance. I know that now in hindsight. Or if it had missed the Aquatail, which was a very reasonable possibility, then Gelato would be a goddamn living legend right now. But even still, goes to Valhalla with the best of them. Did good goddamn work this week. We went out into Cheese, our Rotom. We Thunderbolted. We took it out. Uh, and we took out the remainder of, of the second Lysander fight relatively unceremoniously. So we made our way down to the Xerneas room, cleared out all the Team Flare guys, and took on the deer himself. And again, Donut our Nitto Queen was our Xerneas answer. And I made a big, big boo-boo, you guys, uh, because I had intended to learn over Toxic Spikes on Donut for Toxic so that I could Toxic and then Venoshock to take care of Xerneas. And I forgot to do that. So all I could do was dry Venoshock it when it wasn't poisoned, which was not doing the type of damage I wanted to do. Uh, thankfully, however, the computer is an idiot and just sat there and clicked non-damaging moves repeatedly until Xerneas was dead. So, uh... Shout out to, to Pokemon X fucking uh, AI, like really, really doing me a solid there. Gravity. <laughs> yeah, gravity, 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 geomancy, death. <laughs> it was it, it was dumb, frankly, um, but you love to see it. We took it out. We got our points. We threw a Master Ball at it uh, to move the narrative along. And then final boss Lysander showed his face. Crazed, maddened. Just furious that we've thwarted his plans, which which again, I, I really at this point, I don't know if this is intentional storytelling or if this is just them telling a bad story in Pokemon X and Y, frankly. But this is a side of Lysander that I absolutely believe he was 
one of those men who genuinely just believes that the reason that he is richer than everyone else is because he is smarter than everyone else. And he literally cannot stand the fact that he's been outsmarted in this case by literal fucking children. And it has driven him to the verge, verge of madness with anger. And this, I believe, even though it is wildly inconsistent with what they have tried to show us from this character before, but this feels true. And we go into to this this particular Lysander battle. And and for all of the bad luck I had in the second one, or or at least good reads, but but making bad calls on what this game would actually give those Pokemon to to use against me, I guess, is maybe a more fair way to frame it. Um, we got some some really, really killer luck in this battle. I, I forget the exact sequence. I apologize, guys. It has been almost a month since we played this bit of gameplay, um, the video is up on the YouTube, of course. You can check it out and watch it. But I managed to find myself in a position where Cheese was behind a sub when, when Mega when Mega Gyarados came out, which is important because Mega Gyarados has Mold Breaker, and we know that Lysander's Gyarados has Earthquake, which means that it's actually really threatening to our Rotom Wash. Uh, it can hit it super effective. Um, but we had the sub up. So we stayed in to go for Will-O-Wisp, and... The Mega Gyarados, instead of going for Earthquake, I have to assume that what happened here is that the AI did not factor Moldbreaker into the equation because Gyarados was not yet Megad on that first turn. And instead of going for Earthquake, it went for Outrage, which hit hard enough to break the sub, but like I wasn't immediately terrified of a KO here. Um, and I was able to just stay in and Thunderbolt it down. And Cheese was able to sweep Lysander in his third and final battle, which was really, really good. Again, that was not a thing that we were guaranteed even a little bit. I wasn't even anticipating it. I was anticipating having to go out into Omelet to finish the job. But Cheese was able to just put in work due to questionable AI decisions more than anything else. We We took out Lysander. We cleared our points. And we blew up the weapon of mass destruction. So all was was well in the kingdom, I guess, except for all the Pokemon that probably died that we're just not going to talk about, I guess. Because um, there's the route south of Geosynge, where if you go over there, there's Team Flare Grunts blocking the way, and they're like, what's happening down there is not fit for the eyes of children. So thousands of Pokemon still probably died. It's cool, though. We'll never see that. We did make our way to our egg box. Unfortunately, Donut, our Nidoqueen took the retirement there. Um, this was the week where um, Optimus, our our baby Ponyard from week one, finally got the opportunity to evolve into a Bisharp. And with that, and with our forced Garchomp, it was just really difficult to see a situation where we would use a Nidoqueen moving forward in the series. Um, so Donut got to retire with honors. And in her place, we pulled out another old friend from the egg box, our good friend SpongeBob, the Togepi. So SpongeBob is now fully evolved into a big boy Togekiss. You love to see him. Uh, really excited to use our boy once again. Uh, and that was my week. Overall, not ideal that we we suffered a loss, especially as close as Annabeth was able to pull our point spread last chapter with her her big week in PvP and, and my numerous deaths. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's the way Nuzlocke goes sometimes. And that's where we are. The, the, the flip side of that coin is that now I can build a little bit more freely for PvP. I wouldn't have sacrificed Gelato, but I feel like it was definitely the right series of events at the right time to keep us competitive in this series. So that's that's where we're at. Guess it's my turn. Yeah, Celeste, how did how did Lysander go for the fat crew? So honestly, the cafe and the underground weren't really much of a threat at all we got through it all with 
no issues. The music in there slapped. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It reminded me of an old SNES game, actually, just the 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 way the beats were lined up. I don't know. I found it amusing that they thought you were a Team Flare grunt randomly down there. I mean, I it makes it makes logical sense. Like that's the place where the Team Flare grunts go. Who else would you be? You're here. <laughs> but the people upstairs stopped you. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, but you made it past the door at that point. Like it's like. Like, like if I see, like, I work in a hospital. If I see somebody in scrubs walking around in the hospital, I'm going to assume they work in the fucking hospital. They, like, they're, they, they belong there. Also, these bitches wear visors. They don't know shit. <laughs> yeah, but that entire thing was fine. The button moment, I was tempted to press the red button. I pressed the blue button. That entire sequence was blah. The prison sequence also was interesting. I don't, tall man is weird. He shows up once before this, and then you find him in prison. Well, we will see him again on the series. We will talk about that when we get there, but we have not seen the last of the long man. It's, he is the Hobolander. There can be only one. <laughs> like, it is, it is just <laughs> wild. Decisions were fucking made in the development of this video game. Yeah, we get through all that. There's nothing really to talk about there. Lysander fight one was super easy. Lysander fight two was super easy. Fighting down through all the grunts and admins with Kalem was annoying because Kalem is useless. I mean, yeah, I, I earthquake things of his. I didn't feel bad about it. Kalem will happily, happily click light screen in front of two physical attackers to help you out. <laughs> it's, su- it's such great help. That is the goddamn Kalem guarantee. His annoying help. Nearly killed one of my Pokemon because I had a I had my Dodrio, my adamant Dodrio there for the egg box and there to be useful because it's a fast, hard hitting thing. It's just super fragile. It got intimidated. There was a, ma- a magnetic on the other side. I couldn't kill something fast enough. And yeah, he clicks light screen. Nearly getting my Dodrio killed. You know, in fairness though, depending on what that magnetic click, that light screen might have saved your ass. <laughs> it's physical no matter what. You know it. No, magnetic's very frequently special. Not in learn set from Loveland, is it? I, 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 regardless, I'm pretty sure it gets shockwave by level up, but yeah, I don't fucking, whatever. Yeah, who knows? All I know is it was really annoying. We got through all of them. Shauna had her quote unquote moment, had an, another thing where they distract Team Flare by pulling two people away and you have to fight all the rest of them. Like, why? I mean, would you have rather also fought those two people? It probably would have been more efficient. <laughs> probably, honestly. But, like, they're fucking, they're doing their best. Like, lay off. Okay, I'll lay off. After that, we had to deal with Xerneas. I had Lead of Yumyun to deal with Xerneas. Yumyun had a Steel-type move. I wasn't thinking about the weight of Legendaries. Legendaries be heavy. So Heavy Slam doesn't do anything yeah it's it's one of those things actually um something that's been in vgc discourse lately is that one of the really cool things about the new series 10 rules which allow for a single restricted legendary and don't allow dynamax is weight-based moves fail in dynamax so nobody has been running things like grass knot or low kick for all of sword and shield but those moves are suddenly hyper viable again especially because all the cover legendaries are heavy as shit all of them universally. So yeah, heavy slam not not the ideal choice of, of moves to hit Azernius. Yeah, Azernius weighs as much as a freaking Snorlax or more. I don't even know. 
It just didn't do any damage. But thankfully, Snorlax with Body Slam just killed it anyway. Well, use gravity <coughs> because AI. It to, it, that would also, ironically, I think, re- well, no, because I guess the the scaling would be the same, but like, because that increases weight, so that would probably, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the scaling continues to be the same. But anyway, leading Snorlax versus Xerneas is a problem because I didn't realize I didn't get to switch. So going into Lysander three, I was leading a Snorlax versus a Mindshell. This was bad. I decided to protect. Hopefully, that is going to click high jump kick. It clicked acrobatics. So I hard swap into Skarmory, which is fine. It takes a high jump kick just fine. I roost up and then set rocks, basically letting the Mind Chow whittle itself down with Rocky Helmet. It hits hard, though. And by me choosing to hit rocks, the next time I got the roost, it hit me down to 25 health. It had it crit. Skarmory would have been dead. I'm lucky it didn't crit. That was a huge mistake on my part. Rocks were not worth that. After it went down, the... Pyro came out, so I switched into my Florges and just calm mind up. Got up to plus whatever, six, I think. <laughs> Destroyed the Pyro. For some reason, he threw the Merkur out first, so it got obliterated. And out came Gyarados, and I got spooked. I didn't know what it had, but I knew it had physical. So even at plus six, I didn't want to risk it being faster than Florges and crediting her to death, so I pulled her out. And I'm lucky I did, because the Skarmory came out, a steel move comes right into it. Forges could have died from that, easily, with Gyarados coming out and that Mega Evolved form. After that, it was just an insult to injury with Lysander as he got Rocky Helmet at the death. Basically made him kill his own Pokemon on my Skarmory. <laughs> and y'all, after you beat Lysander, he throws the fit, but then he also like says, come with me into eternal life, as he fires the freaking weapon. I don't know if he was just trying to kill you, or... no. Like, like again, why do you think that the long man is still in prison? Like, I know it was originally a device that granted life and then it was converted into a weapon. I don't know. Like, again, it's not super clear if like, did he miscalculate what he was doing? Is this really how this thing works? It can't be because the the AZ didn't blow the thing up when he used it the first time. I, yeah, you're, I mean, you are correct. It is not super clear what his actual intention there is, but the context is that he really does believe that he's just like, well, fuck it. We're going to live forever so we can see how you fucked everything up (laughs) i guess so but yeah instead he blows up everything and if he believes that it makes you live forever then why doesn't he believe that az is oh my god this fucking game yeah the plot it's great so many holes but yeah and then after back we switched out our dodrio flamingo for the egg box and we got a cottony which i promptly named flame and air thinking it was flame that sent it i could be wrong it had no name. I, I would have to look through documents, but you are very likely correct. So that's basically the TLDR of that week. Yeah, it's just, it, it's one of those things. Like, I remembered Lysander as being, like, one of the more challenging boss fights, if not the most challenging boss fights in this game. And, I, like, I still stand by that. I just, I, I felt like, or I expected at least that challenge to be a little bit more balanced, when in reality, it's mostly just... Lysander has a Mega Gyarados with great coverage and that thing will fuck you up. And then everything else is the same chuckle fuck bullshit you've dealt with the entire series. I will say the Pyroar outsped the first time I fought Lysander and like it did a ton of damage to Cheese. Like it could have taken Cheese out with a hyper voice. It was a lot. But then by the time we gained more EXP by the final fight, Cheese outsped it and it wasn't a problem anymore. Like again, Lysander has good Pokemon 
he just doesn't have good examples of those Pokemon, which is frustrating from your big bad. Yeah, his Gyarados has great coverage. His other Pokemon really don't. It's just, it's just frustrating. And High Jump Kick is just a threat no matter what. Yeah, 100%. Yes. Like the combination of High Jump Kick and Acrobatics from that Mind Shout is legitimately very, very good. But like you could have given all of this man's Pokemon four moves, Game Freak. What the fuck? Yeah. All right, guys. Well, this is, of course, the part of the series where we say goodbye. Part of the show where we say goodbye to the friends who will not be carrying forward. And there is only one of those this week, and it is a very special sweet pig. So, my dear sweet gelato, you were a very frustrating friend at the best of times. <laughs> at the best of times. At the best of times. Well, I'm being real here. We're th- th- This is a safe space. We can be honest. But but time and time again, you actually really pulled through for us. Your your seemingly useless healer ability was clutch and literally won us a match that was lost in PvP. You were bulky and fat and switched into things that you had no business switching into. You were the oddest combination of legitimately better than you should be and also really frustrating that I have ever experienced in a Nuzlocke. And I cannot lie and say that there is not a part of me that is grateful to have a little bit of flexibility on my team back but i also would be lying if i said that i would not miss you you were a good friend i'm glad that i got to experience you and i hope that you rest well rest in peace sweet bacon goodbye (laughs) all right guys well coming into pvp this week for the first time in forever there's been a shake up Uh, her massive performance in pvp last week as well as the death of my poor bad pig have allowed annabeth to finally mercifully climb out of third place if only by technicality anna and i are currently tied for second place with a score of 880 points. Celeste, meanwhile, continues to run up the score to a laughable degree at this point. She's basically only losing if she trips, falls, and lands in a total party wipe. Uh, She brings in a score of 1,140 points. Now, as always, last week's big winner defends a stick first, and for the first time in this entire series, that was Miss Annabeth. Anna, who will you be facing first this week? Steven, I'm going to face you first this week. Always. Okay. All right. Well, here we go. All right. For the first match of the night, we have Steven versus Anna. Steven is bringing Ravioli the Gontrop, Spongebob the frickin' Togekiss, Omelet the Heracross, Optimus the Basharp, Pumpkin Spice the Gorgeist, and Shishimi the Gyarados. Anna is bringing a Heracross as well. The good Roserade, the Egg, her Gontrop, her Metacham, and Delphox. We ready to battle? I'm really not ready to battle, but it's all Let's right. Let's get ready to rumble! You got this. We've got those new fits on. I'm in my I'm in my stealth mode black for my, my secret invasion ops. Ooh, Anna looking fly. Look at you. Anna is looking fly. Anna is leading with Simsara, while Steven is leading with Optimus. Optimus tries to sucker punch Simsara, the uh, Del Fox, but it misses as... Simsara uses Will-O-Wisp and burns Optimus. I probably should have seen that coming. (laughs) In hindsight. I got your lead right, and I got your first play right, so I'm feeling pretty good right now. Simsara uses Calm Mind, 
becoming very scary with extra special attack and extra special defense. And Optimus opts to set up stealth rocks. Them pointy rocks make a big difference in singles. Optimus is slowly taking down from the burn. Simsara dumbles into the Calm Mind, setting up those stats even further. And a Night Slash from Optimus hits Simsara down to a little bit under quarter health. And the berry heals Simsara up to about 50%. Optimus takes more burn damage. Good call on your part. Optimus gets off a Sucker Punch, hitting Samsara and finishing Samsara off. I almost calm-minded there. <laughs> Honestly, I just had to keep you in a range where I could uh, take care of you regardless. Optimus is about at 50% health from the burn, and out comes Boss the Heracross for Anna's side. Optimus, not wanting to have anything to do with that flighty bug, comes out, and out comes Spongebob for Steven. Oh no! It comes out into a rock blast, which hits... Oh wow. All five times. Who needs skill link, right? Fuck me. <laughs> Heading Spongebob down to 25 HP. Spongebob, not wanting to take any more rocks, comes out and Ravioli comes out to stare down boss the hair across now. That shiny, shiny Garchomp, which takes rocks, which aren't doing that much to Ravioli. But this hair across has a pseudo skill link, apparently, and gets five rocks anyway. Motherfucker. Doing a decent amount of damage for a not effective move. Anna pulls back boss, and out comes Rose the Roserade. Ravioli uses Dragon Claw, Ooh. finishing off Rose in one hit after rocks. Out comes Echo for Anna, that very scary Metacham. Steven hard switches Ravioli out for Sashimi, gets an Intimidate on the switch. Echo Mega evolves into Mega Metacham, and Ice punches Sashimi, doing about 50% damage to it. Echo uses High Jump Kick, finishing off Sashimi. Good play. I was not sure if you would realize that even resisted stab high jump kick would be your hardest hitting move. Out comes Pumpkin Spice to replace Rashimi. Good news, I know you're holding a Metachamite. <laughs> hmm. Echo uses Ice Punch, hitting Pumpkin Spice. It does a decent amount of damage, but Pumpkin Spice takes it like a champ. Yeah, it does. I'm really impressed. Bull Wisp Echo. So Echo is now burned. Echo uses Poison Jab. Doing not so much damage after the burn to Pumpkin Spice, but poisoning it. Hey, I'll take it. But Pumpkin Spice sets up a Leech Seed. And Pumpkin Spice is slowly getting its health back from the Leech Seed, but then the poison knocked it back down. Anna pulls back Echo, and out comes Nuit, the Chansey. Shadow Sneak from Pumpkin Spice doesn't do anything to Chansey. Ironically, at this point, it's really beneficial to me that that Poison Jab poisoned me, because now Nuit can't toxic me. It's true! Anna pulls back Nuit, and out comes Echo again. As Pumpkin Spice sets up another Leech Seed. Burn is pretty quickly wearing Echo down with the Leech Seed. It's true. A Shadow Sneak from Pumpkin Spice finishes off Echo. If you had told me a month ago that I would be handling that Mega Metacham with a fucking Gorgeist, I'm not sure I would have believed you. But here we are. Gorgeist is amazing, and I'm very sad I didn't get one. I love Ghost Grass types. I'm putting a lot of respect on Pumpkin Spice's name right now. <laughs> Ghost Grass is such an amazing type. Out comes Boss the Heracross for Anna. Boss uses Shadow Claw, hitting Pumpkin Spice pretty low. Pumpkin Spice uses will wisp but it misses. That is huge. It's extremely unfort. RNG, just not in Steven's favor in that one. Spider pig, spider pig. Right now I miss my spider pig. Steven pulls back Pumpkin Spice, and out comes Omelette, his own Heracross, to stare down Boss the Heracross, taking another Shadow Claw to its face. Anna pulls back Boss, and out comes Fierce, the Garchomp, and Omelette Mega Evolves into Mega Heracross, using Rock Blast, this time actually having Skill Link, so it's going to hit 5 no matter what, 
Fierce tanking it like a champ because it is not super effective. Or not very effective, honestly. Fierce is a little bit above 50% health after that. Steven pulls back Omelette, and out comes Spongebob. Fierce uses Fire Blast, finishing off Spongebob. And then out comes Ravioli. It is Garchomp v. Shiny Garchomp. Ravioli, Ravioli, give me the death Deathioli. Ravioli outspeeds, hitting with Dragon Claw, finishing off Fierce. I called in my fucking team builder that if you brought both Metacham and Heracross, that Heracross was holding your scarf. I mean, obviously, you're not going to bring Heracross without a scarf with these threats on the field. Out comes Boss the Heracross, staring down Ravioli. Boss uses close combat, knocking Ravioli to almost dead, lives on the sliver. Ravioli in return hits a Dragon Claw, finishing off Boss. Out comes Newit, the Chansey. Ravioli uses Dragon Claw. Uh, Chansey is super bulky, though, and lives through it to finish off Ravioli. Ravioli did, in fact, give me the Deathioli. Good job, Ravioli. And then out comes Omelette. Omelette uses close combat on the Chansey. Good game. Finishing Chansey off. Good game, Annabeth. I I did not put nearly enough respect on... uh, on, on your Delphox's name, and uh, you very nearly punished me really hard for it. It was a coin flip whenever you're guessing when you're going to sucker punch, right? Yeah. Like, if I had flamethrowered the turn that you night slashed, it would have been done. Yeah, like like 100%. I, I was literally in my head just going, please be greedy. Please be greedy. <laughs> I didn't know if you were banded. That was my problem. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, like I, I could have been until I showed Stealth Rocks. I could have been banded into, ni- into uh, Sucker Punch, and, and you could have just set up the plus six on my ass. Yep. I needed to know if you were banded. And then it, once you had Stealth Rocked, I was like, well, now, now I'm in trouble. Now it's a guessing game. All right. Well, for the first time in many a moon, I have won my first match of the week, which means uh, loser gives up the stick. I will be taking on Celeste next all right second match of the night the one that you've seen first almost the entire season celeste via jolly going second all right coming to the battle this week for celeste is that good ninja frog the also the breloom the Florges, the garchomp the skarmory and the charizard for steven Garchomp is, of course, coming as is Togekiss, Heracross, Bisharp, Starmie, and Gorgeist. Are you two ready to battle? Let's go. Yep. I don't see a Snorlax. I'm, a, I'm happy as a fucking clam right now. <laughs> <laughs> Celeste leading out with Shiitake the Breloom, and Steven sending out Ravioli the Garchomp. Steven switches out the Garchomp for the Gorgeist. Good call. Pumpkin Spice coming out into a Mock Punch, which is uh, obviously it's immune to. And Breloom hops right out of that mess. And out comes Benson the Charizard into a Leech Seed. Gorgeist switches out for Garchomp. Back out. Benson Mega Evolves and utilizes... Fire Fang. It is not super effective by any means. Garchomp only taking a little bit of damage and getting some health recovery from the Leech Seed that Gorgeist set up earlier. Benson is looking at about 80%. Ravioli is faster and uses Bulldoze. Benson does not go down but is very low. Benson uses Will-O-Wisp 
That damage may well have been worth it to burn this Garchomp. The Life Orb, though, not the Life Orb, the Leech Seed finishes off, Benson. That was a really good call. I couldn't just blindly Dragon Claw with, uh, with four just in the back. Out comes Greninja. Steven swaps Ravioli the Garchomp out for Jelly Bean the Starmie. It's water v. Water. Jamak uses Hidden Power, and it is not very effective against this good, good starfish. Good call. Jelly Bean recovers a bit of that health using leftovers. Celeste withdraws Jamak. Out comes Forges into a Thunder Wave. It is paralyzed and may not be able to move. Starmie switches out for Steven. Ravioli coming back in. Song uses Aromatherapy, curing itself of paralysis. Song uses Protect to Scout. And Ravioli tried to use a Poison Jab, revealing its deadly, deadly intentions. And Ravioli switching out in favor of Jelly Bean once more. Celeste withdrawing Florgis this turn. And outcoming Starscream. Starscream wants no part of this matchup and sends Song right back out. Floor just eats a Thunderbolt on the way in, barely moves the marker on its health, especially after Leftover's recovery. Another Thunder Wave from Starmie paralyzes Song, and Song is in fact paralyzed this turn. Starmie switches out, and out comes Omelette the Heracross. Another aromatherapy from our good friend, the Florgis, cures it of paralysis. Celeste withdraws Florgis and sends Skarmory back out. Heracross is mega-evolving! He is now a mighty bug. Omelette uses Substitute, hiding behind a adorable stuffed animal. Omelette uses Rock Blast this turn on the Skarmory. It's going to hit five times. Got a crit on, on the second hit here. And did about 25% of Skarmory's health. A Brave Bird from Skarmory is definitely going to take care of this substitute. Aircross switches out. In comes the, the Jelly Bean once more. Skarmory uses Roost. Back up to full. Skarmory switching out for Celeste. Out comes the Florgis once more. The infuriating defensive core continuing to do its good, good work. It switches into a Thunder Wave and is once again paralyzed. And uh, Song is indeed paralyzed on this turn. Song uses Protect this turn. SpongeBob utilizes Nasty Plot, that Togekiss. Real, real dangerous now. Song is switching out in favor of Starscream. Another Nasty Plot from Togekiss is a serious concern for sure. And an Aura Sphere from Togekiss, very boosted, absolutely demolishes Starscream, but Sturdy manages to save the day as the bug comes on out. Heracross is on the field. I don't think I mentioned that it got whirlwinded out of the field. That's why Heracross came out. It pin missiles Skarmory for that last health point, uh, and it is out. Out comes Jamak, the Greninja. Jamak uses extra sensory on the Heracross, knocking it down to like single percents, but it does not kill it and it hits with a critical hit close combat and return. Jamak, not being the most sturdy of lads, is down from that hit for sure. Out comes Shiitake the Breloom. 
Heracross switches out in favor of Pumpkin Spice. It switches into a Mach Punch, which does a whole lot of nothing. Togekiss switches in for Pumpkin Spice. It switches into a Swords Danced Shiitake. Shiitake uses Rock Tomb on Togekiss and knocks it out. Pumpkin Spice hits the field once more. Celeste withdraws Breloom out of the match and brings out Song. Switches into a Will-O-Wisp. It cannot be burned because it is already paralyzed. Out comes Ravioli on the, on the switch for Steven. It switches into a Moonblast from Forges, though, which it is not going to like. It does not. And Ravioli gets the Deathioli. Out comes Heracross. Now the question is, what will Celeste do now that Skarmory is out of commission? She stays in and takes a Rock Blast from Heracross, and despite being really the special wall of this team, it soaks those Rock Blasts pretty well. The Five Strikes bringing it down just below half, the Moon Blast in response going out and dropping Heracross, and recovering with the leftovers just a little bit. Out comes Optimus the Bisharp. Song wants no part of this business. Out comes Rex, the Garchomp on Celeste's side. It is so weird that this series has so many Garchomps. Optimus drops Stealth Rock and gets the heck out the turn after. Out comes Pumpkin Spice, switches into a Bulldoze, which does almost no damage. It is a resisted hit, and Pumpkin Spice is super bulky, but it is slower for what that's worth. Garchomp switching out, and out comes Song into a Leech Seed. Certainly not the best, but also maybe not the the worst. Leftovers making up for a bit of that damage that's going to go go out, and I mean not looking healthy necessarily. Probably sub twenty percent, but also not the worst. A Seed Bomb from Pumpkin Spice. <laughs> Hits song brings brings it down to like low low percent. Uh, a wish for song goes off, uh, but the question is, will the leech seed be enough to finish it off? And it is. There will be no wishing on a star for Florgis today. Shutake comes out for Celeste. A swords dance on Shutake sets the stage over here. A will o wisp from from Gorgeist burned Shiitake. I think that was probably expected on Celeste's side, hence the Mighty Swords Dance, attempting to mitigate some of that burn effectiveness. Pumpkin Spice uses Shadow Sneak, doing about 10% damage. Another Swords Dance comes out on Shiitake. It is hurt by its burn. It is still over half, but looking less healthy by the minute. Another Shadow Sneak from Pumpkin Spice is a crit. Shiitake tries to drop a rock tomb, a boosted rock tomb, onto the pumpkin, but it misses. Celeste, I want to say I'm sorry, but after last week, I just feel like this is karma even in the scales a little bit. <laughs> no, it, this has been RNG on my side, for sure. And Shiitake is down after uh, yet another Shadow Seek. Out comes the chomp. A poison jab from the Durgan onto Pumpkin Spice goes first. Barely does anything to this pumpkin. This pumpkin is immortal. <laughs> and 
Gorkites gets a burn off onto the Garchomp, completely unthreatened by what is going on here today. Rex uses Crunch, and it, it does some decent damage this, despite the burn, but the Leech Seed is in fact out on the field now as well. Those boosted rocks mattered so much. I mean, I'm not sure to the end game of the match that that's actually true because I have a, a boosted Sucker Punch in the back. If we were playing for differential, then yes, I absolutely agree, but we're not. A crunch and a seed bomb back and forth. Garchomp looking not so healthy. Sub 25%. Door guy still feeling pretty okay. Still feeling pretty okay. I didn't think about Nasty Plot frickin' Togekiss either. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I didn't consider Sturdy. I thought I was just going to sweep from there. (laughs) (laughs) A Shadow Sneak finishes off Garchomp. Good fucking game, Celeste. That was a good fight. That is the game. Steven with the sweep this week. For the first time in singles this entire goddamn series, we're finally getting ours, Annabeth. You got it last week, I got it this week. Yeah, it's true. We've taken the beat down for six weeks, <laughs> four weeks, whatever the the previous singles weeks have been. Been a long time. It's been a, a long time coming. And this is the last week of traditional singles PvP, too. Next week is doubles, and the one after is finale. So this was the last chance. All right. Well, of course, that leaves us with one match on the evening, uh, which is going to be Annabeth and Celeste duking it out for the pity points. God, it's been it's been a minute. All right, guys. Well, here we go. All right, so we have Annabeth and Celeste facing off for the last 30 points in the week, and uh, Anna is bringing a pretty significantly different team than she brought against me um, with Fame, her Grand Bull reappearing alongside Rose, the Roserade, Nuit, the Chansey, Fierce, the Garchomp, Echo, the Mega Medicham, and Sargasso, the Octillery. Against Celeste, who's bringing a pretty similar team to what we just saw in our match with Jamak, her Greninja, Song, her Florgis, her Garchomp, I, there's too many chomps, I can't remember all the goddamn chomp names. Benson, her Mega Charizard, Starscream, her Skarmory, and Flame and Air, her Whimsicott. We are two for two on No Yummy and the Snorlax this week. Ladies, are you ready? Yep. Ready. All right, you may begin. All right, we do see Annabeth leading out with Echo, that Mega Metacham. Into Starscream, the Skarmory. Definitely the Mon on Celeste's roster that she's going to want sitting across from this Mega Metacham 100% of the time. And we do see Echo stay in, and we see a fake out come out. That might actually be a mistake, even from a Mega Metacham, that might deal more Rocky Helmet recoil to Echo than it does to Starscream, and it does. There is the Rocky Helmet recoil, Starscream is peril- is is flinched. It does break sturdy, notably, but, but yeah, deals more damage in recoil than it does in direct damage. We do see Echo, the Metacham, coming back for Annabeth this turn in favor of Sargasso, that Octillery, who cannot and will not be moved. As Starscream goes for the Roost, saying not even one damage. Not even one. And Celeste withdraws Skarmory in favor of Song, her Florges, looking to special wall out the Octillery. Uh, However, Annabeth is having none of those shenanigans uh, and also hards out into Fierce, her Garchomp. It's a tale as old as time, it is Chomp v. Florgis. We know that both of these Mon threaten each other. What will they do? Song goes for a Protect, looking to scout out Annabeth here, as Anna does stay in and goes for a Poison Jab into the Protect. 
And Celeste withdraws song going out into Benson, her mega Charizard here, as Fierce calls the swap and goes for a swords dance. Not choice scarf this week, but honestly, that that is huge here. I am not sure how well Celeste is going to be able to recover from that play. We do see Benson, the, the Charizard, go ahead and mega evolve here, losing its flying typing in favor of Dragon which is actually going to be a detriment as Fierce goes for a Dragon Claw into the slot and one-shots Vincent entirely. Admittedly, even without the super effective damage, I'm not sure regular Charizard will live that hit either. Out comes Jamak the Greninja for Celeste. And Annabeth wants no part of whatever trickery that Greninja has at its sleeve and goes out to her old reliable fat friend Nuit the Chansey as Jamak goes for hidden power once more. Jamak keeps coming out and hidden powering into Garchomps. I'm going to take a wild swing and say that's probably HP Ice, which is an incredible draw, but it has not caught anyone by surprise yet. And Jamak comes back out in favor of Flame and Air the Whimsicott as Flame and Air swaps in to a Seismic Toss, uh, which is going to do that good old reliable damage to the Whimsicott. And we going to protect here and scout out exactly what this Whimsicott is up to as it goes for Switcheroo, looking to take the held item, what, what almost certainly has to be the Eviolite, away from Wheat in favor of whatever nonsense the Whimsicott is holding. And Nuit comes back in favor of Echo, that Mega Metacham. As Flaming Air goes for Stun Spore and misses uh, Celeste, tasting that bitter, bitter medicine of the bad RNG rolls this week. As Celeste withdraws Flaming Air this turn, going out into Starscream the Skarmory once again, and once again into a fake out, which is once again going to damage the Metacham more than the Skarmory. God, Skarmory is a goddamn nuisance. And once again, Echo comes back in favor of Sargasso the Octillery. As Starscream goes for Stealth Rocks, looking to limit Annabeth's ability long-term to pivot that team around. And Starscream is going to withdraw here, respecting the coverage of that Octillery going into Jamak, who also, however, does not want to eat a Charge Beam, which is what comes out of this Octillery. Uh, it's going to do, deal about 50% damage to Jamak. Unfortunately, does not get the special attack boost. Good call on that, Anna. And Jamak is going to stay in and go for a Grass Knot, bringing all the spicy coverage this week, which does a ton of damage to Sargasso, but is not enough to KO. And another Charge Beam from Sargasso is going to be enough to finish off Jamak. Although, once again, no boost. So, unfortunate rolls here for Annabeth. As Rex, Rex the Garchomp, comes out for Celeste in front of this here Octopi. And Rex goes for a Poison Jab, which should be, yes, it is sufficient enough to finish off the Octopus. And Rose the Roserade will be coming out for Annabeth, eating just a little bit of damage from the Stealth Rocks on the switch in. And Rex the Garchomp withdraws for Celeste in favor of Starscream the Skarmory into a Dazzling Gleam, which is at least only resisted and not quad resisted like Grass Stab would have been here. He takes a little bit of damage, probably about 10% um, as Rose gets Black Sledge Recovery. And Rose is going to come back for Annabeth in favor of fame. She's going to live forever. She's going to learn how to fly. She intimidates the Skarmory, who roosts and is now back up to full. God, this bird is a fucking nuisance. And Fame is going to go for a Thunder Wave, looking to paralyze the Skarmory, hopefully interrupt 
a little bit of its bullshit through via status as Starscream goes for a whirlwind, pushing fame back out in favor of Rose the Roserade once more. And we're going to see Rose come back out in favor of Nuit the Chansey in what is now a battle of the colossal, nigh-unkillable behemoths. Uh, however, Starscream gives no fucks and just whirlwinds once again, bringing Rose out yet again. Rose, I know that you really want the spotlight, but could you stop? And once more, we will see Nuit hit the field for Annabeth. And will we see another whirlwind? We sure will. We will see another whirlwind. Paralysis says not even fucking once. You gotta be fucking with me. And Rose comes out again. (laughs) And the dumbest strategy is paying dividends. If it works, it works. And Starscream the Scarmory comes back out for Celeste. In favor of Flame and Air the Whimsicott, a bold choice to bring out in front of a poison type, for sure. However, obviously not switching into a poison move off of Skarmory, instead switching into a Giga Drain, I'm guessing launched more out of frustration and desire to get health back than anything. It does do a, a really respectable amount of damage, and after the Giga Drain and Black Sledge recovery, Rose is near full health. And Flame and Air the Whimscock comes back out for Celeste in favor of Starscream once more. Just just being petty about it. I'm not being petty. I was predicting the Chansey again. And Rose the Rose Raid comes back out in favor of Nuit the Chansey once again, who is down to not quite half health from the repeated Stealth Rocks entry. Don't worry, we'll fix that. And Nuit stays in, uses Soft Boiled, and is going to be a fat and happy egg baby once more. As Starscream uses Whirlwind, will it be Rose? Stay tuned. It is not. It is Fierce the Garchomp drug out, which I'm sure is a turn of events that Annabeth is significantly happier with overall. As Starscream Starscream stays in and Fierce launches a Fire Blast, which does about 60% damage to the Skarmory, and it is now paralyzed that that good, good T-Wave paying dividends in this pivotal moment in this matchup. As Celeste withdraws Starscream in favor of Song the Florges. Oh god, this would have been a truly epic moment for a swords dance. We don't see one, however. We do instead see a second Fire Blast, which does very little damage to the Florges. And we see Song switch back out once more in favor of Rex the Garchomp, uh, switching into a Poison Jab. It is now Chomp v. Chomp. Rex is going to take a little bit of not very effective damage from that Poison Jab, and now we might, we might have the question... In this chomp v chomp head-to-head battle of who is the faster chomp, we have not seen these two face off without a scarf involved before this season. No, instead we will see swaps as Fierce comes back in favor of Fame the Grand Bowl, who is going to get an Intimidate off on the switch in. The much safer play for Miss Annabeth. And then Rex goes for a Dragon Claw, which does not affect Fame for all of the obvious reasons. And Rex, the Garchomp, is going to come back for Celeste in favor of Song with Lorges, who is going to switch into a play rough from fame. A physical stab move does about does about a quarter to the Florges, which honestly, considering how much damage she takes from most things, is pretty damn respectable. And Song goes for a wish here as Fame uses Return, keeping up momentum and pressure, dealing, I think, a little bit less damage than the play ref did, although pretty close and and obviously mitigating the miss factor, which is potentially very important here. We do see Fame come back in favor of Fierce the Garchomp once more. 
as Song uses aromatherapy, curing Starscream of paralysis. And then eats its own wish back up to near full health after leftovers. I think it will be literally full health. And we do see Fierce stay in and just go straight up for the poison jab into Song, dealing about 55% health on the hit and landing the proc poison as Song goes for a straight up moon blast, which does so much damage to Fierce, but critically does not secure the one-hit KO. Fierce is holding a, a Citrus Berry and eats it, is, is back into the, the yellow, uh, about a quarter health. As the poison neutralizes Song's Leftovers recovery, um, and she sits at about 35-40%. That is a, I, I really can't overstate the, the importance of that live. If Fierce had gone down there, it would have given Celeste the opportunity to slow the game down and get her walls healthy and and get them to a point where there's a very real possibility Annabeth could not have broken them at this point. However, because Fierce lived, Celeste was left with no good decisions and was forced to let Song go down to another poison jab. And now Rex the Garchomp comes out. And we are once again in a position where if both of these mons stay in, this match could be decided on which one is faster. And it is Rex. It is either a speed tie or Rex is indeed faster. Rex gets the Dragon Claw off and Fierce is going to go down. And we see Echo the Mega Medicham coming out for Annabeth. <laughs> and Rex is faster than the Mega Medicham, which is, is extremely important here. Lands a huge Dragon Claw, but Echo lives a, a clutch hit on a sliver, gets the Ice Punch off, and removes the Garchomp from competition. Out comes Flame and Air, the Whimsicott, one of two remaining Pokemon for Celeste at this juncture. And Echo stays in, goes for an Ice Punch, and is faster, and that will be sufficient to remove the Whimsicott. Starscream the Skarmory will be coming out for Celeste, her final Pokemon in this match. And I think, unfortunately, in the end, we'll see how long it takes, but I think this one is... Oh! Well, Echo goes for a high jump kick and misses, which is potentially important, at least for the speed of this matchup. That being said, I think it's pretty well decided at this point, because Nuit the Chansey is alive and healthy, and I do not believe Starscream can 1v1 the Chansey. We already found that out. Yes. We do see Fame the Grand Bull come out here, which is, is good and important, is going to get an Intimidate off. Uh, lowering Starscream's outgoing damage potential. Is going to land a T-Wave here. Oh, I shouldn't have said that at that time, but it is going to land a T-Wave here um, and, and further neuter the bird. As Starscream goes for a Whirlwind here, forcing Fame out in favor of Nuit's Chansey. And Nuit going for a Seismic Toss, going to do that old reliable damage here to the Skarmory. And Skarmory goes for another Whirlwind here, forcing Nuit out in favor of Rose the Roserade. And Rose stays in and goes for a Dazzling Gleam, which is a, a resisted coverage move, but it, it does hit on Starscream's much worse special defense stat. T takes it down just below 50%. Um, Starscream goes for the, the Brave Bird, which does not take out Rose and, and does notably deal not insignificant recoil damage to the Skarmory. We do see Rose go for the Dazzling Gleam once more, bringing Starscream down to a sliver. If we see a full para here, that could be the game. Unfortunately, we do not, and we see a Roost instead, uh, prolonging my personal torment. Dazzling Gleam once more from Rose. Deals a not insignificant amount of damage, and once again, Starscream 
Roos, which is objectively the correct play, but also makes me miserable deep down inside. It is important to note, though, that this is burning through Starscream's Roos, and Starscream also burned through a couple of Roos early in the match at very high health, trying to maintain sturdy, which means that Nuit the Chansey is definitely winning the, the recovery PP war right now, like 100%. Uh, we do see another Whirlwind come out from the Skarmory, dragging out Fame, which lands another Intimidate. And Fame is going to land a Charm, taking the Skarmory down to minus four attack as, as it Whirlwinds once more. I, I think logically, the, the out for Celeste at this point is what is frankly an absurd number of crits in a row with Bravebird. Starscream's attack has dropped way too low to, to reasonably deal, deal with the things that it needs to deal with barring several critical hits back-to-back. Nuit goes for a soft-boiled, healing back up to full as Starscream whirlwinds once more, bringing Rose out once again as Rose goes for a Dazzling Gleam, dealing its little bit of damage before being whirlwinded out once more in favor of Nuit the Chansey, who is looking healthy once again. I hate you, Skarmory. I hate you so much. And Nuit is going to go for another Seismic Toss, and a Paralysis here could end the whole match. We get it. And that's it. Egg v. Bird. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? The egg, motherfucker. We have established this. Good game, Celeste. Good game. Game, set, and math. Game, set, and math. Game, Game, set, and math. (laughs) Mathematical. (laughs) Game, set, and match to Annabeth Maserbi. Or good game to the both of you. RNG hated me tonight. That's Pokemon. Yeah, you definitely got some bad rolls. Like, you you had that one terrible turn against me, and I know that that super didn't feel good. I don't believe it affected the final outcome of the match. It definitely made it more lopsided. But, like, again, you weren't going to KO Pumpkin Spice regardless with what amounted to a, like, 1.25 times attack Rock Tomb into its massive, like, physical defense you would have put it into a position where you could have then KO'd it with your Garchomp, but your Garchomp could not handle everything I had left on my side of the field without significant RNG on your side, at least. But like, yes, uh, bad RNG rolls feel bad. I, I am sorry for that. I had some really critical lives, too. Just things that probably should have died that did not. Yeah, I mean, sometimes sometimes it'd be like that. Um, that again, your Garchomp living on like 11 health was was fucking huge. Like, with, without that live, I think that Celeste would have taken the match because you couldn't have broken her walls. Oh, yeah. I I was specifically not switching Garchomp into rocks on purpose. I needed Whirlwind to fish it out for me and then fight down some shit. I made some calculated gambles while playing against Florges as well. You you have to. Like, like you can't even play safe against those two. You have to, you have to make plays, you have to make reads, or you just never break them. They're, they're frankly gross. Congratulations, Celeste, on building a team that literally gives me anxiety. <laughs> oh, boy. What a, what a fucking week. All right. Well, after PvP this week, Annabeth is back in third place where she is comfortable. Although, again, just breathing down my neck uh, with her new score of 910 points. I have managed to sweep singles PvP for the first time this series, sweep PvP for the second time this series, period. Uh, and I have solidified my position, if only slightly, in second place with my score of 940 points. It's time for the the most deadly sky battles. 
Celeste has taken her first goose egg on the entire fucking season, uh, however, remains at totally unperturbed at the top with her score of 1140 points how are we feeling after pvp this week guys i decided to give you all a break from yum yum that's not happening again <laughs> like i decided that i mean again it's one of those things right like we 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 had talked about i think we talked on the last episode of the podcast about how one of the things about the the fact that you got a really good stall core and in particular a fully evolved stall core at the game uh, stage of the game where we were still dealing with a lot of first and second stage pokemon is that the the balance of power was going to shift as we headed towards the end game and we got better wall breakers. And we've definitely seen that here. The flip side of that coin is you have built up such a lead that it literally does not matter if you don't win any more PvP this season unless you also have very bad gameplay as well. You're pulling an, an Anna Season 3 just absurd lead going into the end of the game. Just giving zero fucks what we do. Which, you know what? I respect it. Oh, boy. That being said, with these losses, I probably do have to do the Sky Battles, which are going to be fucking fun. I wouldn't. I'm not leaving those points on the table. Approach with caution. That's all I am going to say. I They're going to be scary. I'll probably lose something. We'll see. <laughs> there, there is a Thanos meme of the what did it cost with Omega Aerodactyl. <laughs> I need Snorlax to fly. Give balloons, please. <laughs> Up starring Snorlax. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that was that was chapter seven. And we head forward into uh, a week that is fairly monumental. This week, our hosts will return to where we left off before we were so rudely interrupted and head south from Anastar City through Route 18 to reach Curaway Town, where Professor Sycamore wants to fight. How many times do we need to teach you this lesson, old man? We will show Professor Zaddy that we are not taking his shit before heading south again onto Route 19, where the entire Chucklefuck Brigade awaits to challenge us to combat. Fortunately for us, they're not real rivals, and after steamrolling them one last time, we'll continue south to reach Snowbell City. Our eighth and final Kalos gym badge awaits us here, but the gym leader is not awaiting us here, uh, and we'll need to find him in the annoying as shit woods to the south if we want to <laughs> battle him. We'll make our way through trees that defy logic and physics to reach the Pokemon Village, where Wolfric will congratulate us and head back to his gym to await our fury. Now, Wolfric is an ice-type specialist. He uses an Abomasnow, a Cryogonal, and an Avalug. His signature move is Ice Beam, and our level limit for this chapter will be 59. How are we feeling as we conclude our journey through Kalos, guys? Head into our last gym, our, our last chapter of traditional pvp our last doubles pvp how are we feeling i am a little nervous i really need to do sky battles this week but the only thing that's left of my flying core is charizard and drift blim it's gonna be spooky yeah like like again they've gotten progressively harder as the series has gone on i lo i i took blood in last chapter sky battles and it i could have very easily been been wiped i was one turn of hail away from wiping so anything could happen y'all we might not all even make it to the pokemon league we could die terribly also wolfric is nothing to sleep on ice is a legitimately scary type with our rule set with hard modes where you can't just hit it super effective with everything under the sun and avalug is you might recognize a goddamn problem yep Ice without super effective is scary because ice is super offensive. Yeah, it's going to be a problem, but we're going to deal with it as best we can. 
Now, as a reminder for you guys, all of the gameplay of all three of our hosts is uploaded to our YouTube channel, which can be found at youtube.com slash C slash Blastburn Radio. You can also find links to our individual gameplay playlists and other cool resources for fans of the show at our website, BlastburnRadio.com. Uh, you can send those emails to BlastburnRadio at gmail.com or get at the show on Twitter at Blastburn Radio. As always, you can follow me personally on Twitter at BBR Jolly. I'm at Celeste Lost. And I'm at Incidentally Anna. And also, if you're in in the market, as it were, for some great RPG assets to enhance your D&D or other wonderful tabletop game, please make sure to check out my company, Mythic Portal Games. We're on Roll20. We're on Astral. We have some of our stuff up on OBS. Go check us out. I do want to take a minute before we wrap the show just to to bump uh, a project uh, of ours and, and give a little announcement as well. Um, so we got some good news and, and maybe some bad news, depending on how you look at it. And I'm sorry for that, but I definitely don't want to wait until the finale to spring this stuff on you. So we'll, we'll talk about it now. So the, the show announcement is that we have decided that at the end of Pokemon X and Y, we will be... We're, we're turning Blastburn Radio into what we're calling a limited run series, which means that, um, you know, originally we had intended between Nuzlocke series to produce a lot of bonus content, a lot of different types of episodes, and we'll still do some of that. We, there, like, there are still episodes of that nature that we want to produce. However, what we've come to realize when re-examining, like, like the history of the show is that is not content that engages us, or at least not all of us equally. And, and Producing it constantly is something that leads to burnout from this show, which is not something we want to experience. We want to keep the Nuzlocke World Tour going, like like Nuzlocke World Tour or bust. And so we are going to be vacating our regular bi-weekly release schedule between Nuzlocke series. We'll still probably release some bonus content, like we've got new games coming out in at the end of this year and at the beginning of next, and we'll certainly want to talk about them. And so we'll, we'll release episodes and we'll talk about them, but we're not going to be releasing bi-weekly content between Nuzlocke's. We will return to our regular bi-weekly schedule when we are ready for the next season of Blastburn Radio. Um, so keep your eyes on all of our channels on Twitter, on Discord, everywhere, just so you're up to date on when you can expect those episodes to hit your feed. Uh, we recognize that that might be disappointing for some of y'all and I apologize for that but at the end of the day we are making the decisions for Blastburn Radio that are the most likely to keep Blastburn Radio continuing as long as possible into the future. Now the flip side of that announcement and these are things that are going to sound related but I promise you they're actually not. We came to these decisions separately is we have a new project. We have a new show um, which we actually started releasing a a couple weeks ago by the time you listen to this. Uh, It is called New World Order. It is a a podcast focusing on uh, the MMORPG genre of video games, which is a genre that that the three of us in particular have a lot of experience with. That's how we met initially was playing World of Warcraft and other MMOs together. Uh, And on Amazon's new MMORPG, New World in particular, which is a game that we did not expect to be playing a month ago but it has absolutely captured our hearts and minds uh, and that we believe really has legs and can go far. And we're going to talk about that. So you can find that show where you'll hear us. You'll hear some other uh, familiar voices from this show, like uh, our good friends, Pat, uh, my little brother, Jacob and Rohane. Uh, you'll hear all of us on that project, which can be found wherever fine pods are casted. All right. Well, that is enough housekeeping for us. I do want to thank everyone for joining us today. I want to give a very special thank you, as always, to my co-hosts, Anna Maservier and Celeste Dreyer. For Blastburn Radio, I am Jolly by Nature. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. See you next time, folks. See you next time.
Glassburn Radio is a production of Challenge Accepted Media. This episode was produced by Patrick Miller. If you enjoy Blastburn Radio, you can support us at patreon.com slash challengeacceptedmedia. Pokemon and all related games and characters are the property and trademark of Nintendo, Game Freak, and the Pokemon Company. Opening music in today's episode includes Game On by Fishy off the OC Remix album, The Missing No Tracks. Check out this great album at missingno.ocremix.org. Battle music in today's episode provided by Glitch X City. Check out her work on YouTube or SoundCloud at Glitch X City. Closing music in today's episode is Professor Sycamore's theme remix, also by Glitch X City. Design work for Blastburn Radio Season 8 provided by Rachel Mondragon at Rachichu, Nathan at Fiery Dance, and Chisai at Chisai236. Check out their other work or contact them for commissions on Twitter. Blastburn Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. 